Om Jnanati Mirandasya Jnananjana Salakaya Chakshurumilitam Jnatasmi Shivarave Namaha Arjunulam Bito Bhuro Kanakavarato Sankirtanayaka Bitaro Kamalaya Takso Vishvambaro Dvijabaro Yubadharma Palo Pande Jagat Priyaparo Karunabhutaro Shri Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai Shri Chaitanya Chaitamrita ki jai so We're continuing our reading from Madhya chapter 19 The principal subject of which is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's instructions to Rupa Goswami And we've been discussing a rather lengthy introduction to the formal beginning of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Shiksha to Rupa Goswami, and we're coming towards the end of that, a discussion that has involved some history of the meetings between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Rupa and Sanatana Goswami, letter writing and exchange between them, and most recently a discussion about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's meeting with Balabhacharya, and we're in the midst of that now. Meeting with Rupa Goswami and, and, and his younger brother, Balabha and Prayag, and then meeting with Balabhacharya, whom Chaitanya Mahaprabhu tested, because Balabha was a very learned scholar, Okulina, which in the general sense means high lineage, high birth, and Yagnika, Vaidika, was expert in uh, how to perform yagyas, sacrifices, and rituals, and so forth, the ritualistic section of the scriptures. And uh, Vaidika means also learned in the, in the Vedantic section of the scriptures. And Rup and Sanatan were as if outcasts from the Hindu society, and wearing only tattered cloth of mendicants. They stayed at a distance and offered their obeisances to Balababhata. And when Balababhata went to embrace them, they ran away further and said, Don't touch us, don't touch us. We're very low-born people. If you touch us, then you'll become contaminated. And Mahaprabhu agreed with them and told Balababhata, Yes, don't touch them. Yurakulina, Vaidika, Yagnika. So if you touch them, what will your position be? But he was testing Balabhata, who answered appropriately by saying, How can they be untouchable? When? What? When on their lips constantly we see Krishna Nam. So that's how they were keeping themselves. Their lips were moving constantly, chanting the holy name of Krishna. And then he cited from Bhagavatam, Oh, but the sapacho to gariyan jiji bhagre vartati namatupyam. A verse of Devahuti, the daughter of, the mother, excuse me, mother of Kapila, the incarnation of Krishna. Devahuti putra Kapila, not the atheist Kapila, who explained the Sankhya system of philosophy, which is different from Vedanta, one of the sad darsha and the six schools of thought of philosophy of India. 
Devahutiputra Kapiladev, when we did a book of Prabhupada's classes from that section of the Bhagavatam. It falls in the third canto. Kapiladev's instructions to Devahuti, he wanted us to give the subtitle Teachings of Kapila, the son of Devahuti, to distinguish uh, him from, as Prabhupada would call him, the atheist Kapila. It's interesting, though, and worth noting that the so-called atheist Kapila and Jaimini, who wrote the Karma Mimamsa, or a dissertation on the larger and earlier section of the Vedic writings, all about dealing within the realm of karma, religious life, in other words. And Patanjali, who wrote about yoga, and the Gotama, who wrote about Nyaya, and who else wrote about Vaisheshika philosophy? These are the six darshans of India, sad-darshan, six principal philosophies that Badarayana Vyas takes on, so to speak, in his dissertation known as Vedanta Sutra, in the second Adhyaya, second chapter of Vedanta Sutra, Vyas seeks to show how the Vedanta differs from these six principal, of these five other principal philosophies, the sixth of which is, is, is Vedanta. Now, interesting, as I say, to note is that while Prabhupada called Kapiladeva an atheist, all of these philosophers, along with Vyas, who gives the Vedanta, they were disciples, more or less, of Vyas. At least Jaimini was a disciple of Vyas, perhaps not all of them. But they all wrote and to some extent they accepted the scriptures as pramana or as evidence, as valid evidence for knowing. And so because they accepted the scripture, so they're dealt with by Vyas who accepts the scripture and is, and is explaining the Vedanta Darshan based on the scripture. And it's considered that those who accept the Veda the scripture as Parman, as, as valid evidence, as a valid means of knowing, are considered in the general sense to be theists, not atheists. And then those who do not accept the Veda, they're called Nastika, like the Buddhists, the Jains, and so forth. So, one thing we learn from this is that Gaudiya Vaishnavism is so theistic, Sridhar used to call it the, uh, the zenith of of theism. Full-fledged theism, he used the term. Not partial theism, but full-fledged theism, the Krishna conception. From that vantage point, we're justified, as Prabhupada did, in calling Kapiladev an atheist, practically, in, by comparison. The full-fledged zenith of theism goes so high that what Kapiladev is talking about is atheistic in comparison. Also, of course, the Sankhya philosophy of Kapila doesn't doesn't really acknowledge a supreme being, so in that sense, also it is uh, atheistic. But it does accept the scripture. So sometimes you may hear that these are all theistic, but only in the sense that they accept scripture or revelation as a means of knowing, to some extent. So... Devahuti Putra Kapila, 
person that is the incarnation of Krishna, who appeared as the son of Devahuti. And she took instructions from her son. And as she was glorifying him, independent of the instructions that he was giving, glorifying him, as we mentioned in the last discussion, she came to the point of discussing the compassion of the Lord for the fallen souls that in one sense causes him to appear as an avatar. Why do I say in one sense? Because really the cause for the Lord's appearance as an avatar is described in Bhagavad Gita as twofold. Paritranaya sadhanam vinashaya To annihilate the miscreants and to protect the devotees. So then what about the conditioned souls? There's the devotees and there's the miscreants. There was that in-between section called sadhakas. They're also devotees by the generosity of other devotees who call them such, who call them Kanishtadikaris or sadhakas. Real devotee means bhava bhakta, who has bhava, has a direct relationship with the Lord. Well, as direct as a relationship with the Lord can be. Our relationship will always be indirect. If we culture in a manjari bhav, for example, like so many devotees in Gaudiya Sampradaya, then you become an assistant of Radhika or an assistant of an, uh, of an assistant of, of Radhika and do seva there, service. It's a kind of almost like dasya bhakti, but it's the height of madurja because from it, vicariously, all of the experience of Radha comes to one. Not by trying to love Krishna like Radha does, but by being a servant, friendly servant to Radha and becoming so identified with her as a result of that, that whatever she experiences, then the uh, Manjari experiences. And in Sakiras also, then we become a servant of the group of Sridham or the group of Subal. When they come home at night from cow herding and then Artik is performed by Mother Jashoda or Rohini. Krishna takes a bath, takes a snack, ultimately he has his dinner and so forth. And everybody goes home to their own respective homes. So thousands and millions of cowherd boys go home with Sridham, Sudam, the Subal. And they put them to rest and serve them in so many ways. And at different places within the Leela of cowherding, the servant cowherds who have been recruited for that group, then they have some service to render. They, now at the time they can come and massage Krishna's feet, fan him, and so forth. But they serve the servants of the Lord. So we are servants. All this bhakti is based on service. Our relationship with Krishna is indirect in a sense. Vaishnav das, anudhas. So, those Vaishnavas who are generous, they call us who, who do not have bhav Vaishnavas, they call us uh, sadhakas or kanishtarikari Vaishnavas. And the Lord in his different avatars comes for them. He comes actually for the sadhakas. Higher sadhaka, sadhakas are all, one extent, another feeling, some separation from Krishna. They want to make some union with Krishna. Separation and feelings of separation, this is the way that Mahaprabhu has shown to meet with Krishna. Through separation we'll meet. This is very mystical, of course, and, and a big topic, but in a very general sense. Our proper yearning, proper yearning means yearning and aspiration based on 
desire based on deserving. Bhaktisattva used to say, first deserve, then, then desire. Don't desire beyond what you deserve. Deserve to be, desire to be deserving. Something like that. We should desire to be deserving of higher experience. So, for those persons, Krishna comes. So while speaking about the compassionate nature of the Lord coming for the sadhakas who are always there, because with the winding up of the universe they go back into vision and they come back out as sadhakas until they're collected up finally. So the Lord comes repeatedly for them. While talking about Him in this way, His compassionate nature, she, she begins to speak Devahuti about the Holy Name. Oh, Bhattasa, Pachoto, Gari, and these kind of verses like Balabhata, Balabhacharja quoted. What could be more compassionate, the point is here, what could be a more compassionate uh, manifestation of the Lord than the Holy Name? Rupa Goswami says, the Name and the Named, they're one. But the Name is, is at the same time different from the Named. How is that? What is the difference? He's more merciful, more compassionate. Even if we offend the Named, the Name comes to us to recall us, to bring us back. So Balabhapata quoted this one of these verses of Devahuti about the name and its efficacy and how regardless of one's birth or condition, if one is take, constantly taking the holy name, then in fact the verse he quoted said if one takes the holy name once even in the singular, he can become qualified for all Vedic rituals and all such things and far more qualified of course. It refers to Shudhanam, the pure name, but such as the, is the power of the holy name. And the Gosamis, Rup and Balaba, they were constantly chanting the holy name. So Balaba Bhatta could understand the Lord is testing me. They may look fallen and the general people may consider them outcasts and so forth because they were employed by the, by the Muslims and intimately associated with the Nuab Hussein Shah and so forth. So they may look to be one thing, but... They say, don't judge a book by looking at the cover. Rupa Goswami says, don't judge the Ganges by what you may see floating in it. So don't judge a devotee by what you can only see with the external eye. Don't judge the deity by what you can see with the external eye. You'll see metal, stone, wood, something like this. But it is the Supreme Personality of God standing in his arch of Igraha and there's a whole philosophy behind it. Probably just to say, what do you think? Are we reading all these books? We're just worshipping a stone? No. It's not like that. A particular manifestation of the Lord in the world. So, with a philosophical eye, we should view the deity and the, and the devotee and try to see, look within and see the faith of the devotee. The extent to which he has interest in all these topics about Krishna consciousness. And the scripture here of Chaitanya Chaitamrita is full of this. People who are uh, the public is surprised by when they meet Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and then some of their their inner faith and standing comes out in his company and they can't keep it within. Mahaprabhu himself could not check his love, although he tried to before Balaba. We've already heard he tried to check his faith in his love, but it was coming out anyway, eking out. And Balaba was astute to detect, and he was astounded. So love is by its nature is something that we want to share. We feel we want to share it, but 
as we start to share it everywhere, we find everybody's not appreciative. So we have to kind of then withdraw and keep it to ourselves. But if we can find someone who has a similar love, then well, we can stay up into the night discussing, isn't Krishna wonderful? So, Balababhata quoted some verses, one verse, and Mahaprabhu was very pleased. And then he himself quoted a couple of verses about the glory of bhakti. And Balabhata took note of his ecstasy, of his learning and his beauty. He says, Prabhu Prema Veshe. The Prema Vesh of Prabhu. Prabhu means Mahaprabhu here. This absorption in Prem. Ar Prabhav Bhakti Sar. And his understanding of the essence of Bhakti. Sundar Jadi Dekhi. And the beauty, the sight of his beautiful form, these three things. Batera Huila Chamatkar. Of Bhattacharya, who became overwhelmed with wonder, was astonished, filled with Chamatkar, to see the Prem of Mahaprabhu. And now that emotion and ecstasy, the love, the madness, of Chaitanya Dev corresponded with Siddhanta. Mahaprabhu was lost in love that he came back to quote these verses that we discussed in the last class from Haribhakti Sudodai, two verses he quoted about the glory of Bhakti. Bhagavad Bhakti Hinasya Jati Shastram Japatata Aparnasya Dehasya Mandanam Lokanandana Learning Austerity, penance, this, that, and the other thing, good birth. All these things are like decoration only of a dead body. If that person is Bhagavad Bhakti Hinasya, devoid of Bhagavad Bhakti. This is everything. So he quoted like this. So Balabhata was very much appreciating. Oh, his ecstasy is tied to Bhakti Siddhanta. The conclusions of the Bhakti Shastra, he knows them very well. It's not mere emotionalism, but it's arising out of a, of a foundation of Vedanta. And the Prabhupada was given the title, actually, Bhashridhar Maharaj originally, Bhakti Vedanta. He had was good at writing in English to explain the teachings of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsri Thakur, Bhakti Thakur, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And... I believe at one point Bhakti Sarasthi Thakur said whatever he publishes, he writes that should be published. And after the passing of their Guru Maharaj, Bhakti Sarasthi Thakur, one of his disciples took note of that and, and wanted to give our Prabhupada a title. So he called here, gave him the title. I think it was uh, Bhakti Saranga Gosami Maharaj. I had a friendly relationship with Prabhupada. Wanted to give him the title Bhakti Siddhanta indicating that he understood the Bhakti Siddhanta. But the Godbrothers, they didn't like this. They hardly call him Bhakti Siddhanta, the title of our Guru Maharaj. So it came to Sridhar Maharaj, who was very much known for his expertise in these adjustments of names and titles and things like that. So he adjusted it. He said, you should adjust it in terms of the sentiment of the Godbrothers, to specify them, but without compromising the meaning. Therefore, he should be given the title Bhakti Vedanta. Sridhar Maharaj gave the title to Avaicharanadavinda Das, the disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, Bhakti Vedanta. 
Later, when he took sannyas from Keshav Maharaj, actually Prabhupada first approached Sridhar Maharaj for sannyas. But Sridhar Maharaj, he personally told me this. He said that Swami Maharaj approached me, but I refused on the grounds that I was very close with his family because I lived with him for six years in Calcutta in his house. He had an extra flat there and two flats and and, and I had one he, he gave to me when my preaching began after Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta left. And uh, so I, I knew him very well and his wife and children and everything. So if I give him some yas, they will come to my mouth and cause trouble. And I thought, now oh, he's just coming out of the house of life, maybe to wait a little bit. But then he was so enthusiastic, he said, he went to Keshav Maharaj and took some yas. So Keshav Maharaj preserved the title given by Sridhar Maharaj. Sridhar Maharaj is sannyas guru of Keshav Maharaj. He had the highest respect for Sridhar Maharaj, considered him like a shiksha guru. And uh, so he preserved the title, and uh, he named him Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj. So Bhakti and Vedanta, these two things. Bhakti is the emotive side, the religious side of the equation of Achintya Veda Veda Tattva. And Vedanta, of course, is the philosophical side, the the Abed side, the Bed side, the difference is the religious side. We should call it a super-religious side because the ordinary religious side, that is another thing, that is lower than philosophy. Beneath the Vedanta, the philosophy, we have ordinary religious life. Factor God into our human activities such that they'll all have a godly color. Into our marriage and our child-rearing and and if we want to get a good job or this or that or anything, we, we approach it in a religious fashion. So above that is philosophy that tells us, hmm, you wanted to lead a religious life as a Hindu, but you're not a Hindu or a Catholic or a Christian or an Indian. You're a soul. You're not a part of these even religious designations, but speak of bodily designations. You belong to the land of consciousness, to the land of the living, not to the land of the dead. What is the value of trying to give life to a dead thing? Artificially for some time, you may make it seem alive, but but the fact of the matter is, it, the matter is dead, and it will show up in due course. Better come to the land of the living. You belong to that. You're of the nature of consciousness. And when we come to that understanding, then all these differences of the world, even of the religious world, they all dissipate. Oh, I'm a this, I'm a Hindu, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Christian. And the religious differences of fighting and so forth, of, funda- of fundamentalist sectors, it's all transcended. All differences, all the differences of what's hot, what's cold, what's good, what's bad, we all enter into a unified understanding. We're all of the nature of Brahman. We're not of these differences that arise from the mind and the senses. Tolerate all these differences. They are only a product of the mind and senses. Know that you're different philosophically, theoretically, and the virtue, the fruit of tolerating. What is the fruit of that toleration? What does Gita say? Yes. You rise above it all. You get liberation. You rise above all these differences. So coming to oneness, so that is part of the equation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's metaphysic, which is called Achintya Bed Abed. Bed means 
difference. Abed means non-difference. So we've understood the non-difference and then the difference. What is the difference? The difference is the supra-religious reality of Krishna consciousness. We call Krishna Lila, where there is so much variety and difference. Where they lead an ordinary religious life, just like your ordinary people in the world who lead religious lives. So the inhabitants of Golok, they're all leading religious lives. They go to church on Sunday. They worship Narayan. But they're preoccupied with their own son, their own friend, Krishna. So Bhakti Vedanta, this represents this equation. Both things. Not just emotion, love, that's not based on philosophy. And not philosophy, that has no factor of love and emotion, that just becomes a dry thing. If you just bear down on the world with philosophy, like Darwinism, basically it is the same idea. It takes the life out of everything. If you just bear down with Vedanta, the one side of the equation, without bhakti, it also takes the life out of everything. It is a, practically speaking, that is a, a, from a spiritual point of view. Therefore, what does Prabodhananda Saraswati Thakur say? Kuyubalim Narakayate. Just to enter into ordinary sense of kaivalyam, oneness, is like hell. Just to bear down on the world and think from a point of view of Vedanta, with all these bodies, all this difference, it is illusory. Enter into Brahman, he says, that's like going to hell compared to entering into Krishna Lila. It is such a wasteland. So Vedanta, in a sense, takes the life out of the illusory world of material life, but it's only life-giving in a very minimal sense. It keeps you alive forever, but locked up. (laughs) It keeps you alive forever, but thinking there's no one here to talk to. There's nowhere to go, there's no one to talk to, there's nothing to do. So compared to moving onward in Brahman, to come to Krishna consciousness and Krishna Lila, that is a wasteland. Better you be in the material world where you still have a chance of hearing from the devotees coming into Krishna Lila. So here at any rate the point is that Balabhabhata, he, he could appreciate that Mahaprabhu's love had some grounding in Vedanta. So he appreciated his prem and his essential understanding of scripture and bhakti and his beauty, sundaryadi, his beauty and everything else about him. Sangone prabhure bhatta nokarte jadana vikha ditte nijaghare chalililana. So Bhattacharya then put Mahaprabhu on a boat along with his associates and took them, invited them to come to his own house for lunch. They wanted to feed Mahaprabhu. Balababhata was a Srihasta. Going to feed the Brahman Sanyasi, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Jamunad Jal Deki, Chikana Shamala, Premaveshi Mahaprabhu Hoila Vibhala. So coming across the Jamuna, seeing the Jamuna, Jamuna Jal Deki, seeing the water of the Jamuna, Jamuna Chikana Shamala. And it appeared very Chikana, very shiny and very black. So what is shiny and what is black? Sapphire. Like a blue sapphire. It's very dark. 
but gives light. So seeing this gloss, glossy Jumuna, Jumuna is uh, also called the Krishna. Sometimes Krishna means black. So seeing the shiny and black, it means like 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 I say, like sapphire. It's dark, but it gives light. Oh, he remembered Krishna, who is dark, but it gives light. But he's dark complected, but uh, eradicates all darkness at the same time. So Premavesh Mahaprabhu, Huila Vivali, became filled with Prem. This is what we call Udipana Vibhav. One of the components of Rasa is Vibhav. And there are divisions of this Vibhav. Ashrayalambana Vibhav and Vishayalambana Vibhav. For there to be Rasa, there has to be an object of love and there has to be a shelter of that love. So in, in Bhakti, we have Krishna as the object of our love, for the most part. Krishna is the object, and a particular devotee who embodies that kind of love for the Lord. One, the first, is the Vishaya Lamban, the object of love, and the other is the Ashraya Lamban, the, the abode of that love. You have to have these two in order for there to be rasa, the exchange, the object of love, and then the shelter of, of that love, who holds the love for that object. One side is the person holding the love for the object, the other side is the object of love. So, this is one division of vibhav. The second division is called udipana. And vibhav means cause, a kind of a, a cause or stimulus for prema. Causes it to surface. So, udipana means, and this is relative to different devotee sentiments, different things about Krishna, different qualities of Krishna, when analyzed as qualities of him, will will serve as as a vibhava stimulus for love, and different um, paraphernalia of Krishna for the cowards when they hear the buffalo horn of Krishna. Oh, this is udipana for their love, for example. So, in the beginning, as this is being cultivated in bhav bhakti, then some udipana like this will come. To give an example, it's just like if you have a daughter. You love your daughter very much. So the daughter is the object of love and you're the, the shelter of that love. And you come home and you haven't seen your daughter in some time and you come to your house and you see her shoes outside your door and you know she's inside. Just seeing her shoes, so many feelings come, arise in your heart. You get filled with emotion to open the door and, and see her standing there. So the Udipana Vibhava is something like that. So in the beginning, the Udipana Vibhava will There'll be specific Udipana Vibhavs that will cause the Bhava to reach the, the pitch of Prem, Rasa. But in a very advanced stages like Chaitanya Mahabhu, then just anything, practically. You see the Jamuna, shiny black, and it tips the scales, and it goes, goes mad with love. In the beginning, you see, the devotees will cultivate these things. They will meditate on the buffalo horn of Krishna, or the dark rain cloud and, and this type and in Bhava Bhakti, not before Bhava Bhakti. To try to combine all these things together, elements of rasa before Bhava Bhakti, that is a more or less waste of time. Because Prem is cultivation of Bhavs, so to have some Bhav, to cultivate Bhav, to develop into Prem. Some knowledge, theoretical knowledge of these things will be useful and so forth. The real 
culture of this is in, in bhava bhakti. So there's a culturing, but in advanced stages like Mahaprabhu, there's no culturing. He sees the Jamuna and he goes crazy. He gets up on the boat. What kori jamuna jale dila janpo prabhu dekki sabar mani hoila bhai kangpa. As soon as Mahaprabhu saw the river Jamuna, he immediately made a great sound and jumped into the water. Everyone was filled with fear and trembling to see this. They all hastily grabbed Mahaprabhu and pulled him out of the water. But once he got on the boat, he began to dance. And a boat is not a good place for, da- for dancing. Mahaprabhu bhare nauka kori talamal dubite lagila nauka so the boat began to tip and fill up with water and was on the verge of sinking. Mahaprabhu tried to restrain himself as far as possible before Balababhata. He was a bit of an outsider. But although he tried to keep calm, his ecstatic love could not be checked. Seeing the circumstances, though Mahaprabhu finally calmed himself, so the boat was able to reach the shore of Adaila and land there. Bhaya Bhatta Sange Rahe Madhyana Karana Nija Grihe Anila Prabhure Sange Telana. Fearing the Lord's welfare, Balabhata Bhattacharya stayed in his association after arranging for his bath. But the charger took the Lord to his own house. When Mahaprabhu arrived at his home, Balabha, being greatly pleased, offered the Lord a nice sitting place and personally washed his feet. Mahaprabhu and his whole family sprinkled the water from bathing the Lord over their heads, and then they offered the Lord new copan and outer garments. Balaba worshipped the Lord with great pomp, offering incense, scents, flowers, and lamps, and with great respect, he induced Balabhadra Bhattacharya, the Lord's cook, to cook. Bikha koraila prabure sasnehajatane Thus, after Mahaprabhu was offered lunch with great care and affection, Rup and Balaba were also offered food. But the Chajashi Rupe, Deoila Abhashesha, Tobe Se Prasad Krishna Das Poilashesha. But the Chajashi then, uh, after offering the remnants to Rupa Goswami, offered it to Krishna Das. That's Rajput Krishna Das, who joined Mahaprabhu in, in Vrindavan. He's still with him. Mukhavas dia prabure koraila shayana apone bhatta korena prabhupada sambahana. Lord was then given spices to purify his mouth. Afterwards, he was made to rest and Balabala personally massaged his legs. Prabhupataila tamre korite bhojane bhojana koriyoila tengho prabhura charane. While Balabhavatacharya was massaging, the Lord asked him to take prashad, to go take prashad. After taking prasad, he returned to the lotus feet of the Lord. Hain kale aila raguputru So we stop there. Next, ragupati.
Upadhyay arrives on the scene. We'll hear about him next. Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai. Jai.